everyone, it's Minna. And I'm Hager. And this is Yellow Bye. Hi guys. Hi everyone. We're back with another episode. Yeah, we are. September 8th, 2020. Oh, it is the 8th. It's kind of crazy. Time really flies. This flu in 2020. Yeah, I can't believe August is over. Like, usually well, August is one of the longest months for me because I want to get it over with because yeah. I want... <laughs> we're not going to talk about fall again. But, <laughs> but usually I want it to be, like, September already. But this August feels this like it was like two weeks. the final stretch, though. Like, yeah, we're in, like, almost the last three months of the year. We're in the last third of the year. I know. I saw this tweet that was, like, everyone's waiting for 2021 as if COVID expires. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I wanted to send you guys that, because in my head, I'm literally, like, 2021? Act like the, like the virus just dies. Like, yeah. the virus just Like, it knows that the year is starting. Yeah. It's going to give us so a break. So stupid. It might even be worse by 2021, yeah. honestly. We heard really awful news today. What? Keeping up with the Kardashians is over. It's the end oh, of an yeah. era. I mean, it got bad, though, so it's not awful yeah. news. It just needed to I mean, to it was end. expected. Courtney is my favorite, so once Courtney said she wasn't going to do it anymore, what the hell was the point of me yeah, watching Yeah, there was it? no point. I mean, we're not consistent watchers, but we get into our well, phases. we used to be consistent watchers, and then we, like, we still haven't missed an episode. Like, we've still watched every single episode. I, I haven't. I've missed seasons. I've missed, I think, like, season, the season where Kim gets married, I didn't watch any of that. It's, some seasons are just not good. I kind of, like, don't care, you But know? I was thinking in Celebration... I'm going to go back and rewatch the whole thing, which we tried to do in, in the, the beginning, beginning of quarantine, quarantine. and you we wanted mindless, um, yeah, mindless entertainment. Like, we did it at all. We did Keeping Up. We did Love Island. We did, we did so much. Frankie's in the closet, so you can imagine. It's me, Hager, three chairs, and Frankie. <laughs> like, it's so suffocating in here today. And I, like, also my mom wants like nothing to do with him so i have like all his cat stuff in my closet so it's just a lot and it's humid he's such a cute boy he... i i scare him because i'm just so aggressive because when i love something or someone and they're so cute i just want to squeeze the shit out of them so like he hates me he thinks i'm a monster i think he's like cleaning himself okay yeah. this is really annoying this is what like people who don't like your cat find annoying Whatever, then X out. Because <laughs> this episode's about Frankie. <laughs> um, so this episode is actually about being... A the dumbass. Ch- no, being the child of immigrants and that experience. Um, um, yeah. Down with it. All right, you're really going to have to stop texting. Like I don't I'm not t- texting. I'm literally on Instagram. <laughs> okay, well, you're going to have to stop because... Before we get started, though, my friend found my soulmate because my friend Raneem has a theory. We're going to have Raneem on one of our episodes that soulmates look alike. So she found this guy who literally looks like me. Hager, look. Does he not look like me? He uh, he looks like me. Can I me. see your noses? He totally looks oh, like me. Oh, his chin is... She said like he you. looks like... Look, look at my mouth. Yeah, yeah, he She does. said he's his twin and she said that... That person is my definite soulmate. So now that we found someone that looks like him, I might have to replace yeah. him. I feel like, um... And then, so he's in a campaign that I did for this product. So Raneem literally said, you want me to text, who's the white guy? <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, please. She said, really? I could. I said, no. 
right? What are the male models' names? Imagine it's, like, John. Literally, imagine they're, like, the male models are Mike and John. And we're, like, what do we do with this information? I mean, I, I want to save all this stuff for when Raneem is on here because she explains it so much better. And, I mean... It's going to be so entertaining. To explain her theory. But the thing is, part of her theory is that you have circulated around your soulmate. So the fact that me and him work together, but we didn't meet each other for this brand is kind of wild. But also that, um, I feel like with her episode, it has to have a video element to it. Or she can give us, oh no, we can post on social media examples. Yeah. Anyway, stay tuned for that episode with, uh, it's going to be called the soulmate episode. Um, we can also do a little quiz where you can send in photos of you and your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner and then will tell you if you're meant to be or not. Or no. if you're wasting your time. <laughs> well, we'll only feature people that are meant to be, so if you're not on the There was this one time where two people were getting married and she's like, I'm not trying to be annoying, but like, they're making a mistake. <laughs> um, she's not a psycho, I promise. No, she's a psycho. <laughs> but what's it called? So... So today's episode is going to be about being the child of immigrants. Um, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. You are the one that picked this episode, so you want to kick it off? Yeah. I, I, the reason I thought about it is because I was thinking about how, like, the pattern I've noticed is that a lot of times when you're the child of immigrants, you, like, are super successful, or if you're an immigrant yourself, you you become really successful. And then my theory of that was always because when you come from somewhere else that has, like, less means, you work extra, extra hard because you see every single opportunity here. Versus Mm -hmm. when you, like, when your family's been here for generations, you kind of overlook how many opportunities there are. Like, despite everything that's Well, because they're not even seen as opportunities. It's just your way of life. Yeah. But, like, like, despite everything that we... That is wrong with America... There are opportunities here. Um, Yeah. And you see them more when you're, like, an outsider coming in. But then I was thinking, I was like, and I also think immigrants work extra hard to prove that we belong here. Like... Well, you never... I don't think immigrants ever actually, especially in America, actually ever feel that they belong. Yeah. Because there are so many people who are telling them that they don't belong. There, yeah. there are so many things, I mean, and I understand why, but, like, there are so many aspects where they do try to separate. Like, if you're an immigrant, like, you're outed for being an immigrant. And not in a negative way, but, mm-hmm. like, people know you're an immigrant. People always want to, like, know where you're from, so you're not seen as American. Yeah. You're always, I don't know why there's always that divide. Like, they always want to divide you based on, like, your race and stuff like yeah. that. Here, I th- at least. I think that America has a problem with its immigrant, well has a lot of problems with its immigration yeah, I mean, policy. we can do a whole but episode like, on that. But, like, one of the ways that's a big problem I see is that we're a country built on immigrants, and yet we always... We always expect immigrants to, like, jump through hoops to, like, really be American and, like, prove that you're as American as they get. Like, I remember feeling... I never felt American, like, and I've said this all the time. I've, I always feel Egyptian first. Um, I think now I do feel a little bit more American than I used to. But again, like, I feel more I think it of depends a on who I'm with. It depends on the group I'm around. Because sometimes I feel super Egyptian. Sometimes I feel super American. Like, with American Americans, like, 
with my ex and his family, I felt like I was not American. No part of me felt American. Their yeah, way, their lifestyle, the way they spoke to each other is like mother son, all of that. I just didn't feel like I I was a part of. I mean, my upbringing was so different, like so so different. And this is not shade at his family mm-hmm. or saying that my family should be more progressive. I'm just saying that it was very different. Um and then with certain Arabs, I sometimes feel very American. Or in certain groups, I feel very American. So I think I, I do feel American sometimes. It's not like I'm completely distant I from the culture. I think that my ideals are very American. Like, whether America actually values these things in, in reality or not. But, like, freedom and, like, yeah. democracy and the way I think about how people should conduct them. I think, I think those things are very mm-hmm. American. Um, Work-wise, I think I'm very American. Work ethic is very, very American yeah. for me, too. What parts of you feel the most American? Work, work ethic for sure. Um, structure, routine. I think that's very American. Mm-hmm. Americans have that like, stru- even if you don't have a nine to five, you have that structure. You go to that one coffee. Like there are certain things that are very American in that sense. Um, I think sense of humor. I think I lean more towards the American sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah style wise like there are certain things that make me feel like oh yeah I'm definitely not from Egypt like I definitely didn't grow up in Egypt and I think when I go back to Egypt I think people can very clearly see that yeah Um, I think that's actually what you said is right because in Egypt I'm so obviously like the moment I speak even though my Arabic is not like my Arabic is good Mm -hmm. um it's not the way it's not like my accent it's the way I talk or the way I move when I talk it's your mannerisms mannerisms and stuff like that they give it away right away that I'm not Mm -hmm. from there and like even when I've tried to pretend again one is not better than the other they're just so different yeah um but I think I've felt like I was a child of an immigrant especially when I was younger with certain references like a lot of music that was really like you know popping off back then I, we didn't listen to because we were raised in an Arab home so our references were always more Egyptian like we listened yeah. to like Omar Kalsum, Abdul Halim, like Amr Diab like we listened to that sort of stuff like those are the classics that we can relate to I can't relate I to like the Beatles and stuff like that is it Omar Kalsum or Omar Kalsum? Omar Kalsum <laughs> it's oh, with a th- this one is um, but I just realized that you pronounce, we, actually, this is being a child of an immigrant, we pronounce our Arabic in such a weird way. Why? I just said Abdul Halim, Amri Diab. I said everything in the right way. No, our kaf and our kef is, like, completely, I don't know if Umm Kulsum is with a kaf or a kef to begin with, but they're completely off. But anyway, sorry, I really, I really <laughs> I was on a roll, too. I, I really went on. No, but, I mean, that. um... Yeah, like, I didn't grow up listening to the Beatles or, you know, like, a lot of people's parents who are our age, like, grew up in, with different shows. Like, yeah, and I also and stuff think like that. that, like, even, like, my mom was telling me all these, um, sh- like, these American shows that she used to watch in Egypt. They're all, like, mainly soap operas. Um, is that what it's called? Soap operas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know any of them. So I also think the stuff that they got on tv in egypt was maybe different than what we were growing up with anyway so Mm -hmm. there would have been the disconnect anyway but yeah like we didn't we had arabic tv playing at home Mm -hmm. all the time even certain theme songs like i i say this because when i'm in a group of like americans 
Um, and they'll talk about certain stuff, and I'm like, I did not get that reference. Don't know what you're talking about. I've never watched this show in my life, never listened to that music, you know? It does make you feel like an outsider, actually. Not in a bad way, again. None of this is negative, but, like, you do feel like you don't belong. Yeah, my friend, um, I think, like, in her early 20s, she did a whole, like, year or two years where she was just basically catching up on Mm -hmm. pop culture, like, things that she missed, Mm because... Like, she watched Breakfast at Tiffany's, and, like, she watched all the classics and tried to, like, catch up on everything that Mm -hmm. she had missed out on. I feel like I need to do that for sure. I've been saying I'm gonna do that, and I haven't. Um, I haven't been in the mood to watch... I was trying to watch a black and white movie, an Egyptian one, and even though I've been in such a nostalgia mood, I haven't been in the... I've been in the mood to watch, like, really dark, deep stuff. Oh no, I'm so in the mood to watch something like like I started Sister Sister. It's so funny. I love Sister Sister. It's just so cute. It's such a cute show. Um, but I I've I'm definitely in my nostalgia mood. I watched Beetlejuice. Th- that's another thing. Like I watched Beetlejuice for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's stuff like that. Like that's stuff that like during Halloween you did with your families, and we didn't we didn't do that. Yeah. There are certain traditions that we completely missed out on being children of, like, immigrants. Yeah. Even, like, things as simple as parent-teacher conferences. Do you remember you used to feel a little weird, or was it just me? Like, when Mom and Bubba would come and speak to my teachers, Mm -hmm. I'd always feel like the humor was missing. Like, there was something that was a little off. Like, my dad would say something that they didn't really get, or, like... The teacher would say something that Bubba wouldn't... You know what I mean? I actually have no memories of this, but... Yeah, Bubba used to always go to her parent-teacher conferences. It was always Bubba. I don't think you're remembering right at all. It was always me and Mama. But Bubba has gone to me and Almas. Oh. Because I remember going with Bubba to, to Almas a lot. Yeah. And Almas would always get, like, really bad reviews. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was overwhelmed with what the teacher was going to say about me to even think about Bubba and Mama at the time. No, but it's certain stuff like that. Like, that's when I really felt like mm-hmm. I did... I was different. That yeah. I wasn't like my white friends. Yeah. We also just didn't have our... Like, we also weren't... Like, I think a lot of Egyptians are not like... Or a lot of Arabs are not like this. We didn't have our American friends at our home all the time. Like, some people made it through. I used to go to like, my friend's house a lot. You went to their their house, yeah. but like we have a cousin that their house was open to like Wait, all but their like, friends. Olga and my friends were always at our house yeah, to the point like, where Mama was like, "They need to go home." Yeah, maybe. My friends were o- Melissa was always over. A lot of my friends were always over, hmm. and I remember like again. This is when I knew I was different. I'd go to their house. Their parents wouldn't ser- they'd give me like chips ahoy. Yeah. Mama would come with like a fruit platter. Like, <laughs> like she'd be like dinner like. We'd have, like, a five-course meal, like, during the duration of an hour that my friend was over. So it's certain stuff like that. It is so different. It's simple things, so you don't hold on to them. But growing up Egyptian, it's so different. Mama still does. Mama goes so hard when people she goes are at her hard. Like, it's too much though. But it's, she goes hard for people excessive. who like the cable guy who comes. Like she'll oh, yeah. like serve him like <laughs> uh, like a whole breakfast spread and stuff like that. My mom goes hard, hard. Yeah. She's so sweet. Um, I was thinking more of the of the like the way it's affected our personality though. Oh, I'm just saying all the things. <laughs> it was amazing. No, no, it's the whole experience, and that's part of it. But I was thinking more of like, how do you think it's affected who you are forever? Like, it's not. 
something like it's probably affected it in ways i think i'm just very motivated i think it makes you super motivated like you have to again prove yourself not only to your parents because they gave up everything to be Mm -hmm. here and give you everything but also to like i feel like especially now i don't think i used to feel this way before but now in like the moment of america that we're in right now I'm always so proud when it's, like, the child of immigrants or an immigrant that, like, makes it. Because I'm, like, see, like... I mean, they're one of the most successful people, too. Like, a lot of the time, the success story is, like, the Chobani guy. He is... A lot of startups. So many. Um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm so motivated. I'm, like, always wanting to be involved in different projects and stuff like that. And I remember I dated someone who just, you know, he grew up here. His family was from here. And he used to always say, like, I was... I'm, like, so motivated. Like, how do I do it? And stuff like that. But I think that's because I had parents who came here with nothing, and they managed to do it. So, like, I know the language. I know all of this. Why am I not working so hard to do something even, like, greater than they did to help them and to make them feel like, yeah, they made the right choice? Because, honestly, you're not thinking of yourself. You're thinking of your family. I think, for me, I feel like I... It's so weird, because I feel like it makes you develop very fast, but it also kind of stunts your growth mm. at the same time. So, like, for example, you know that, like, meme that was, like, my parents expected me to, like, translate, like, f- government documents at, mm-hmm. in the third grade. Like, I so felt that. Like, I was so responsible yeah, for remember, things that but, were, like, far beyond my age. Yeah, and, like, Baba, my dad had really bad eyesight, so I remember, like, he'd call me and he would make me... It was, like, a mixture of the language and his bad eyesight, so I'd, like, read documents mm-hmm. for him and I was like I can't even explain this because I don't know what it yeah. is like I'm reading the words but they're not registering yeah because you're like in elementary school and junior yeah you're high so school. young even in and high school that's like I mean it's some very... of this stuff like I like I literally try to read it now and I'm like I have no idea what the hell you're talking right. about yeah, yeah. but yeah like so I felt very responsible and especially being the oldest I felt like yeah, for sure. I had to protect my family against everybody. You were the one that was, like, going to the bank teller. You were the one that mm-hmm. was, like, speaking to the store associates yeah. and stuff like that. It was... It, the responsibility was shifted from the parent to you. And people would address me, obviously, when they recognized that, like, my English was better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was definitely, like, thrust into, like, responsibility. But I also feel like it stunts your growth because when you're the child of an immigrant, I think... Like, the lines are really blurred between who you are and who your parents are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, like... I actually don't think I felt that. I felt like I kind... I feel like... Because you owe so much to them, you don't... Like, it's hard to decipher between your dreams and your parents' dreams. Um, and I think a lot of people do it in, like, like a bad way. Like, your parents, like, threw all their dreams at you and like it's unfair like I feel like a lot of people talk about it in that way and especially like, we'll make fun of it too like oh you're like Arab parents are so demanding Arab parents are so intrusive blah, blah, blah. um which are all true but like I also think that you take on that responsibility willingly too so then it becomes well, because you're not gonna say no to someone who has given it all up for literally you. but even if they're not even asking for it sometimes you just voluntarily give up right. so much of yourself because there's so much guilt revolving around mm-hmm. the fact that like they gave up their families and, like, a normal life Mm -hmm. that they would have had for you. And they always feel, I think, a little uncomfortable. They never... I don't think... I'm speaking on behalf of, like, my parents. I don't think they ever felt like this country was theirs. But then it's so weird because the last time I went to Egypt, mom was like, this is no longer my country. So, like, she didn't feel comfortable in Egypt either. 
But there is the comfort in knowing that, like, she has her family. Yeah, but she didn't. Like, I, you weren't there. She did not. Like, she wanted to come back. It's also weird because Boba felt that way too last time. Yeah. So I I I think that they also, you know how we say as, like, third culture, um, like, people, we say that nowhere is home. I think mm-hmm. for them it becomes like that too. Like they're not fully American. They're not they've fully been Egyptian so far anymore away. either. That yeah. makes me so sad. Yeah. It makes me sad because I know that my kids are going to have like, this is going to be their home. Yeah. They're not going to have all these like no. identity issues. No, they're not. I really want to raise them somewhere else so that they can have some identity issues. <laughs> <laughs> it does shape you. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you work harder. <laughs> so there's two more things. That... Oh, wait. So I was saying it stunts your growth because I think it takes you a lot of time. Or for me, it took me a while to like differentiate between like this is what I want and this is what my parents want and this Mm -hmm. is what my parents want for me and this is what I'm willing to give them and this is what I'm not willing to give them so I think it stunts your growth in that way um but there was there's this thing going around a few years ago I think it was on Twitter and it was saying that being the child of immigrants is knowing that you have the privilege to have like all these identity and like existentialist crises and your parents are not that privileged because your parents are never going to sit there and wonder about their identity because they're working their ass off for you to freaking sit down and think about your identity and like, yeah. what should I be and who am I? Like, because I was thinking about that when Bob passed away and I was like, I, like, I wonder if he's had like these questions of like, what should I be in the society or like, who am I? Like, because it just felt like he like worked like. Yeah, it, so that he we may can not have, have had the time yeah. to sit there and think about it. And maybe his mind never wandered there, because I wonder that about Mama, too. Like, does her mind ever get her to that place, or did she live in such a practical society where, like, those questions were obsolete? Like, they didn't they didn't need to be... Does that make sense? I mean, because we, we grew up where, like, these questions were, like, trendy. Like, what's your passion? What right, do you love but, to like, do? think about it. Like, at the times where we were the most crushed financially... For me, I wasn't sitting there thinking, like, what can I be? Like, who am I meant to be? I was just like, I need to make money. Like, we need to eat. Like, we need to make Mm -hmm. money and we need to survive. So I feel like that's a lot of, like, immigrant experiences is, like, you kind of are robbed of these questions of, like, who do I want to be? Because you're just trying to make ends meet, like, every single day in terms of, like, money. But also in terms of figuring out this, like, new world that you're living in. Yeah. Like, language or making friends and, like, all that. Yeah. That's always stuck with me. Me and Jasmine always talk about that, mm-hmm. like, how privileged we are to even have these questions that we complain about having. Like, we all compa- complain about having, like, these identity crises, like, versus, like, our parents who couldn't even have those because they were just trying yeah. to turn the wheel of our lives. That's true. And those those moments are the ones that shape you, Uslan. So mm-hmm. it's, like, it is such a privilege that you can have those five minutes every month or whatever it is, like, like to break yeah, down and yeah. then figure it out. Yeah. Um, Frankie stretched and then went back to sleep. I was like, oh, he's leaving. And then he, like, no, he's like in deep sleep. I don't know how he's sleeping so well right now. Um, but you were saying that, like, our kids are never going to have those. No, they're not. I mean, who knows? They might in different ways. Like, it depends on, like, if you become an interracial couple or, like, whatever it is. Like, I feel like identity plays a role in everything. I, I get it. But even if I end up you know, marrying someone who is from a different race, culture. I feel like I grew up here and my husband probably would have grown up here. Um, I'm talking if I marry someone who grew up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So identity when it comes to, like, culture and that sort of stuff, 
won't exist unless unless I marry someone who's not Muslim and then they're gonna have a religion identity crisis because like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah you're not they're not gonna have that feeling like you said of like parent-teacher conferences where you're kind of like queasy because you're like oh my god is this gonna go over well or not like yeah you're definitely gonna be a normal parent like you're gonna of course yeah you know the language you know the jokes you know the lingo you know the culture Mm -hmm. yeah um and let's be real like we're always a little embarrassed of our parents like mm-hmm. we growing up especially growing up and it's it's silly but we used to be embarrassed of the accents we used to be embarrassed that like our lunches were different or like i remember um mama came to chaperone one of my uh and she remembers this we went to the mm-hmm. botanical garden like this was her proudest moment mm-hmm. and she went on a trip with me to the botanical garden and she was a chaperone and she couldn't communicate as well as the other parents to each other and I felt embarrassed Mm -hmm. and like it's so silly and I always feel guilt that I felt embarrassed because she did something so nice for me and I was Mm -hmm. so proud to have her next to me but there was some embarrassment there yeah yeah like it exists I just don't think our our kids will ever have there's like shame around it too it's stupid that there is yeah yeah um we were uh we were talking about this with Nuda and we were saying that, like, so our friend Nuda, she's in art school, and she's always attracted to, like, musicians and actors, <laughs> and we were like, wow, your kids are not gonna know what it feels like to be told that they can't be artists. Because she can't say she that can't shit. can't say that. Unless she graduates, doesn't find a job, so she goes into the most like, practical she does, field, like, she and over-corrects. she's like, fuck it, like, yeah. you're not doing yeah. the same mistake. But, like, her par- like her kids are gonna have, like, parents who are both artists, mm-hmm. and, like, how rare is that, I think, for, for Arabs? Because mm-hmm. even, like, the Arab artists that, like, are, are of an older generation, usually they come here and then they're forced to, like, take on other jobs. Yeah. Um... But, like, the struggle of trying to explain to your Arab parent, like, that you can make a living off of art, that's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Probably. And, like, already, in that on its own, like, shows how much of a difference our kids so are going to grow. So much. It really is. It's huge. It's even things like, like, me. Let's, if my kid is like, oh, I want to do modeling or I want to do acting, I would be such a hypocrite if I'm like, nope. You can't say that. If I want to get into the most <laughs> impractical field, I can't be the one that says no. Although I do think that you'll always have fears with your kids, so you might find yourself doing, like, weird stuff, like, being overprotective. But hey, like, stuff. it worked out for me, so now I know that it can work out. Yeah. I was thinking, um, the other day, actually, I was like, I want to live, like, if I ever have a family my, of my own, I want to live in another country so that my kids can feel that, like, feeling of growing up somewhere different from where their parents grew up but then I was thinking it's so different because like let's say we decide to go I don't know somewhere in South America or Europe we're not going to be and this is so stupid we're not going to be considered immigrants we're going to be considered expats like because I'm American so we're not given that like like the struggles are different like there's gonna be a language struggle and stuff like that but it's this it's not like um I don't know how to explain it like it's not like a, a level, like a societal level struggle. Like yeah. they're coming from like the most powerful country in the world. Like it's not like they're coming from. They're putting that in quotes. Quotations. By the way. <laughs> um, but also, they're not coming from a third world country to America and then seen yeah, by yeah, Americans yeah. as like taking our opportunities. But I think the way you can do it, and I always find found it really weird because I have dated someone who you know was American, born citizen, and never got his passport. Yeah. 
and like didn't travel until like 24 and I found that so weird like Mm -hmm. you only know America like yeah that is so weird to me so I think my thing with my kids is I want them to see the world I don't want them to think that the world that we live in that's the only world that exists I want them to go to Egypt I want them to go to Europe I want them to go to South America to know that like first of all not everyone is as privileged Mm -hmm. as Americans like things are pretty easy here like your Mm -hmm. wi-fi is great your sink water you can drink from like certain stuff like that um but then I also want them to realize that like we're not superior in any way that like culture and art is like so valued abroad that it isn't here so I'd want them to experience that Mm -hmm. um and not feel like they live here and they're never gonna leave like experience the world and like like just like Mm -hmm. we have two like windows open on like two different cultures i'd love my kids to have that too they're going to have it because i'm egyptian obviously but i would want them to have it like in a very profound way the way we've had it um i did want to talk about the whole like expat immigrant thing because damon and joe always talk about it and it pisses me off so much like why an american or a european who goes like to the middle east is considered an expat but a middle eastern who comes and lives in america or europe is considered an immigrant and it like by default it makes it seem like you're already less. Yeah. I'm going to start calling Americans who live in Egypt immigrants. They are. We call them expats. I don't know what an expat is, but I don't... Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. But, I mean, Karen Wesen, when she was talking about being Lebanese, living in Dubai, she called herself an expat. Which part do... I just don't get... Well, those what... are two Arab countries. Yeah. Okay. I don't... I don't understand. I We're feel all like immigrants. Immigrant if you're not... has been given to the... Yeah. T- has been given to someone who's coming from a third world country to a more developed country. Mm-hmm. Um, and but like, it just expat doesn't, is vice versa. I don't want to know what the definition is. Like, it just doesn't make sense I want to know me. what expat comes from. I yeah, like, who the Google hell, that. who started this word, why? Like, it's an expatriate, but, like, what, what does that uh, actually mean? Huh. Huh. Um, <laughs> Americans are just, they're so... they feel like there's and that's what i was saying about like there is this like american superior arrogance that i i also think it's just it's feeling superior it's feeling that your language is spoken worldwide that you which is true but but that everyone should understand you Mm -hmm. it's certain stuff like that that it's just that is so gross to me that americans feel that way but also like i think that because we've we've grown up between two different cultures we never bought into the whole, like, America's the greatest country in the world thing. We didn't at all. But I think... Not that we think Egypt's the greatest country in the world, but, I but think, like, though... But listen, when I when I travel, it's not that I expect people to know English, but I do find myself saying, like, do you speak English? But if a French person is traveling, they're not coming to me if I'm, like, working a sales job and they're like, oh, do you speak French? Yeah, well, English has just, it's just become, annoying, like, the language but it's, of it's the world. So, it's entitlement. Like, yeah. well, I should never feel like mm-hmm. I should go to a different country where people shouldn't know the English. Like, they don't have to know English and be like, do you speak English? Yeah. Like, can you help me out? But, like... I, I think there's, like, so many different areas where Americans think they're so much better than people. Like, I used to know these people, and they would always think that, like, even Europe. Like, oh, so many, like, pickpockets in Europe. In Europe, Like, don't travel in Europe. It's not safe. Like, America, we're so secure. We're so safe. Like, what it's are so you talking stupid. about? You're- also, like, America's so free and all that shit. Like, it's so funny because, like, all of these things are just, you know, they're, like, they're written in the book, but nobody actually follows them. Like, America's not free. America's I mean, not a free country. Yeah, and I do want to say that, like, I feel like when we talk about this, though, we're 
kind of also being insensitive in different ways because America is freer than so many other countries. Like, we do have freedoms. Yes. But, like, I think we've all been sold a dream that is a goal that we just haven't reached yet. And people act like we've reached that goal. Like, there is freedom for all and justice for all here. And that's not true. We don't have it for all. It's freer than other places in the world, but it's mm-hmm. not as free as other places in the world. Either like, either way, though, when you say that, like, justice for all, yeah, it's, it, like, you're harming a side because justice hasn't been served Yeah, for it, it was, like, a, a goal that we just yeah. have never reached. And That's what we, I'm saying. Like, it's written. It's mm-hmm. in the book. It's, like, written, yeah. but it nobody actually follows it. Like, yeah. our laws don't actually reflect that, I don't the, feel. The reason I say that is because I was talking to my friend in Egypt and I was saying all this, like, anger that I have towards America... And she was like, yeah, but, like, you guys, like, still, like, for the most part, your journalists are not being prisoned just for writing a story. Like, And nobody's going to jail for, you know, uh, being, like, not heterosexual. Like, being homosexual. I mean, like, like, in some cases there are, but, like, I'm just saying, like... But I'm saying, like, you're not... No. In no case do you kiss, like, a man kisses a man and then they go to jail. Oh, yeah. So but you are freer. Yeah, yeah. But, like, um, so I do want to be careful with saying that because I think sometimes we also just take for granted that, like, we do live in a place that's, like, fairly free it's more progressive, in some ways. But it's not, um, it's not this, like, ama- I just don't like utopia, the American but, yeah. arrogance. I don't like those, like, white people yeah. that think, like, this is the best country, you go to different countries and you don't get the, no. Yeah, that's just Because it's stupid. bullshit. It also sucks f- here. Yeah. You're white, so you so can say whatever the hell you, you want. It doesn't yeah. suck for you, but it sucks for <laughs> black Americans. It sucks for Muslim Latin Americans. Ameri- yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. So. And, like, there's this whole thing of, like, being an immigrant also, like, the go back where you came from thing. Like, oh, t- you're taught like I'll see this a lot if I'm arguing or protesting or something like that. They'll be like, "Oh, so then go back to Egypt. Like you don't even have these freedoms in Egypt." Yeah, like if yeah, you don't like right. it like, here, go back home. I, I may mm-hmm. not have these freedoms in Egypt, but like America sold a dream, right? Of like mm-hmm. all this freedom and all this equality. So then follow up on that. It's like dream. America, if you're gonna talk <laughs> shit, you better back it up. <laughs> if you talk the talk, you better walk the walk. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and like we're a long way from that. Um. But I also, like, that is actually the most... I think the most valued thing about being a child of immigrants is having insight into two worlds and, like, seeing where America... You're more worldly. Like, where I'm lucky to be here and seeing the areas where I'm not lucky to be here or, like, where I wish things would change here. And I think you, by nature, will just have a curiosity to know about different cultures because you already know, too. You're born into knowing, too. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, when I was telling you I dated that guy who, like, never left, didn't even have an American passport, I was like, that's bizarre to me Mm -hmm. like that's so crazy because like you have the privilege of seeing the world and seeing other things than america and you just don't yeah um whereas like i feel like we were born into that curiosity just to know more like and also like you think well there's so many misconceptions about arabs that i know are not true so mm -hmm. there are probably so many misconceptions about other cultures that i are also not true Totally. Versus, like, if you're just full-on American and you've never seen otherwise, you might just believe all the misconceptions that are mm-hmm. sold to you. Yeah. Um, okay, what's your Sa'afuna? Sa'afuna, 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 Sa'afuna! My Sa'afulu is uh, Tim Burton movies. Beetlejuice, The Nightmare um, Before Christmas. Have you watched all? I watched Beetlejuice, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, 
feel like you guys got started so early. Like, all our friends are already in, like, Halloween Christmas. Nabila was watching Christmas movies the other day. No, she was watching Halloween movies. No, she was watching, like, straight up Christmas oh, movies. Oh, I love that. I should and do I was that. Like, I, I'm gonna do I that right after Halloween. See, I don't like that. Like, so our whole crew, like, usually during, like, this time of year, everyone will start watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> For some, yeah. it's a new girl, too, even though it's not, like, a fall show. But, but... It's, it's cozy. Yeah. Um, but I like to wait until October so I can feel, like, the crisp air. Although I've been watching all these, like, fall movies. Um, I don't know, but anything Tim Burton... I mean, come on, it's almost mid-September. We only have a month and a half till Halloween. That's true. October flies by because it's the best month. October is gonna be, like, my, like, my my best month. I'm gonna prepare so hard for it. Me too. Um... Okay, so my Sa'afulu is... Oh my god, I'm forgetting the name. How am I forgetting the name? Oh, so I've been, like, obsessing with surveillance and, like, the government, like, spying on us. <laughs> so I, like, watched an Edward Snowden documentary. I'm watching a documentary about the FBI and the so president. Um, so there's this movie called... Every the... time... Like, it was so weird. What did you do the other day where you were watching... I think you were watching... What's the Egyptian movie uh, show you were watching? Isaac And then literally, like, it didn't... Like, she closed that tab and then started watching something about the FBI. And it was, like, the contrast <laughs> was, like, unreal. It was, like, Isaac Goes was, like, so funny. And then, like, she went into something so hardcore. And I was, like, are you good? <laughs> the transition was... There was no transition. <laughs> I've been, like, so into, like, these kind of, like, movies. So I found this movie on Amazon Prime called... Um, so actually, let me see how I got to this, because this is important. I found out about this, like, Pulitzer Prize winning article that basically exposed how Muslims were being surveilled after 9-11, um, and, like, all the crazy tactics, like, the CIA and the FBI were taking to basically spy on us. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I googled, like, movies about Muslim surveillance or whatever, and there's this documentary on Amazon Prime. It's called The Feeling of Being Watched. And it's by a, a journalist and a filmmaker. She's Algerian-American. Her name is Asia Bundani. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's what? Uh, Algerian-American. And she... The, yes, yeah, yeah. the movie is about... Uh, so the, the documentary is about her community that she grew up in and how they've been being, like, basically watched by the FBI for ages, since 1995, I think, because... Um, their mosque sent money to Palestine, and they thought that they were basically laundering funds to Hamas. Oh my god, wrap it up! <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Okay, this is actually important. I'm kidding, I'm uh, kidding. Like, wrong moment to say it. I'm kidding, but you know what um, I noticed? No, because I've heard this before. Wait, no, you haven't, because I Is this the Linda Sarsour thing? No. I haven't <laughs> talked about this. I just watched this. I noticed that Hager, like, takes her safulu and just, like, you know, like, she gives everyone, like, a history lesson. <laughs> but anyways, so, um, it's really, really good. It's, um... Are people gonna basically... cancel me? No. Why would they cancel you? You just picked a really bad moment to say it. Um, but anyways, um, it basically just talks about how, like, the surveillance never stopped and, like, how it's so crazy to think that you're being watched all the time. I would really recommend it. It's really good. Um... You are being watched all the time. 
The feeling of being watched. But it's not, like, exclusive to being Muslim. You're just always being well, watched. Well, now, like, the whole Edward Snowden thing, like, now we are being literally watched all the time because of all our devices and all our information yeah. that we're willingly giving up. But before, they used to think that, like, you were being watched extra at the mosque and stuff like that. I think just think everyone's being watched. Well, no. We were being watched. We were. Oh, crap. It, it's okay. It's a little, you know, it's a little sum for the listeners. <laughs> The mic just fell. Um, but I think now we're just, yeah, like, we're all being watched. Yeah. And there are so many scandals that I feel like we're all just equally, we're all equally I here. I thought that the whole, like, undercover Muslim thing, like, the whole, like, pretend Muslim thing had stopped. Like, I thought they outlawed that, but no. Like, they can still send informants into the mosque. That and makes me still so doing sick that. to my stomach. And they were saying, like, we, ha- we actually have But no- do you think they're doing that in, um catholic churches do no. you think they're do- but even though catholic churches are wild yeah. not no offense or anything no. but like the scandals at catholic churches well, have been at- equal to the scandals at yeah. mosques or the whatever the whole thing was that um the article that i like that initiated this whole curiosity for me was saying that the nypd was taking like these extra crazy steps to like spy on muslims and yet so they would put, like, these informants in mosques and, like, cafes. Like, on Steinway Street, there was a ton of them. Like, basically where Muslims hang out. And um, there was a terrorist that literally was in those places mm-hmm. planning his attack, and they never caught him. So they literally, like, because these, these whole, like, all this terrorist scheming doesn't happen in mosques. It happens online. Yeah. Um. So they were saying, like, the biggest example failed. Like, you were already mm-hmm. surveilling these neighborhoods, and yet you still were not able to find the terrorists in those neighborhoods that you were surveilling because that's not like people are not scheming Mm -hmm. in the mosque so just remind people the name of the movie uh the feeling of being watched and it's on amazon prime amazing how are we gonna get frankie out of the closet thank you everyone for listening we'll see you next time Bye. bye